Oh, hey, Missy, what brings you to this part of town? All right, hold on to your wallets and purses, folks. We're entering the underworld, pilgrims. Oh. These are the worst <laughs> impressions. I, I don't know. I feel like we sold that one. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they hey, were human y'all. voices. Yeah. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Welcome back to We Watch Things. <laughs> That's good. I like that one. Thank you. Um, today, we're continuing on in the great movie ride. We're, we are heading into what they call the underworld to talk about the public enemy. Yes. That's our first movie. Um, so yeah, if you could not tell by, yeah, by my our, amazing yeah. impressions that we are going to be entering the world of the gangsters. Exactly, and then we're going to enter the world of the westerns, but let's start with the gangsters yeah. first. Because it's the first room we come into. First room we come into, sometimes, th- this is where the ride kind of splits off too, to get mm-hmm. into some like ride trivia. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, I used, usually got this ride, or this room, like you stop either in the underworld or the western section. Mm-hmm. Depending on what, because when you're getting loaded into the ride, mm-hmm. there's two big um, well, ones. Well, right? sometimes, like it depends right. how oh, busy they right. are. Right, that's, oh, that's so right, So like in yeah. the beginning when it first opened, yeah, you'd get, it was like 50-50 which one mm-hmm. you were going to get, and then as it got less and less people... I would always get the underworld, and I think it's because the western part is very expensive and kind of dangerous. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> they have real fire in that yes, part. Yes, they do. When <laughs> I, when you, because when I think my first time I rode this ride, I stopped in the gangster room. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it, and that's the underworld. That's the underworld. Okay, that's guys. what they yeah okay. they call it. I stopped in the underworld, and that I mean like that's always like a fun one, and we'll get into more about like what those are later but then yeah. when I stopped in the western yeah. and that barn is on fire I like freaked I out it's a real fire and there's <laughs> yeah. a lot of it and you're really close to it yeah you're like um okay I didn't know I was at Universal Studio <laughs> <laughs> um yeah okay so to get in a little more detail uh what happens when you stop in these rooms is your cast member guide who's on the ride with you um interacts with an actor that comes mm-hmm. to life in this scene like a real actor not like an animatronic there are animatronics but well and also you have to use the word actor loosely here because these are not other actors these are cast members cast members <laughs> who on disney i don't know how they got away with this because they did this to me too mm-hmm. they you don't get paid a premium oh no to be doing these roles which you I think should they rotate too sometimes they they're the person just loading the ride yes. sometimes you gotta be a gangster yes <laughs> You do. And it shows. Yes, it, it very much shows because you have these, like, like I don't know where some of these accents are. I know, but you, like, you think are. that our <laughs> accents were bad that we just did? No. Just That's go. par for the course for yes. this, right? <laughs> yes. And it's always funny, yeah, because, like, like, the story is, like, you'll have, like, a gangster come in and there's, like, a shootout. Yes. And it's, like, boom, boom, boom. And it's funny. Have you ever noticed how they always hold the gun up? They, and, like, I think they have to. I they think do. that's, yeah. I think yeah. it's, like, a safety. Mm-hmm. Leave it to Disney. I mean, well, but I am amazed with what they can get away with because these actors, whether in the gangster or the Western, they are holding what looks like a real gun. And yeah, it fires just like, it's like the gun on the Jungle Cruise. It fires Mm -hmm. like blanks. But but you can get hurt by blanks. Yeah. And and they are right there. And then they jump in the ride vehicle with you. And kick your tour guide out. Kick your tour guide out. Your tour guide is gone. And now your ride has been taken over by Bugsy or... 
whatever the Western I one is. I the Western one. I don't know. But it's so <laughs> funny, too, because they still continue giving you the tour as if they are your tour guide. But like, as they if have they, dialogue. They do have dialogue, but they're still their character. So yeah. I love every time you go into the we- or the uh, the alien scene, they're all like... <laughs> so funny. It's so it's like, funny. like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> I love getting it with Bugsy because yes. she's like, <laughs> she says, oh, we ain't Jersey anymore. Or something. Yeah. She always has like that Jersey line. Yes. <laughs> So good. Um, Okay, so we have stopped. Our ride vehicle has stopped in the underworld. This is uh, The Public Enemy. It kind of represents a few different gangster movies, but the main one they do is The Public Enemy. Um, That was released in 1931. It's directed by William Wellman, um, who also directed the original Star is Born in 1937. Uh, It's starring James Cagney, Gene Harlow, Joan Blondell, and Mae Clark. Okay, and it is about, I stole this from Wikipedia, two young Chicago hoodlums, Tom Powers and Matt Doyle, rise up from their poverty-stricken slum life to become petty thieves, bootleggers, and cold-blooded killers. But with street notoriety and newfound wealth, the duo feels the heat from the cops and rival gangsters both. Despite his ruthless criminal reputation, Tom tries to remain connected to his family. However, gang warfare and the need for revenge eventually pull him away. Ooh. That all definitely happened in that movie. <laughs> do you remember that all happening? I do. Yes, I yeah. know I nodded off <laughs> a little bit. Just for a second. Like, I mean, you honestly have nodded off, I think, in every movie, but I catch you right away. Yes. So, like, you don't miss more than, like, one line. I don't know. Did I I don't think I fell asleep during Seeing the Rain, because it was... That's true. Maybe color. not. It's all of the black and whites. All the black and whites. It's well, because we turn the lights off. We turn the lights off. We get the mood going, but it's just, like, also, it's just, like, the... They're dot like just like the like the voices. I don't know. It's just the like, cadence of it is really cadence. soothing. It yeah. is. It's mm-hmm. very like relaxing to me. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and I can't really understand all the words. So it's like And that's not that's not your fault. Part of it I think is the sound quality yeah. too. It, it can be difficult. And we tried putting subtitles on with this one. I think they were in Portuguese. Yes, they were. Yeah. And we had to turn Don't know why. Turn them off. We watched it legally, don't worry. We weren't streaming it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and this is the the movie where James Cagney shoves a grapefruit into May Clark's face. That was funny. It's funny, but also like that's abusive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they say it in the ride when you go in there. Your your ride cast member who's taking you through says, in one scene, Cagney shoves a grapefruit into May Clark's face. She could never look at breakfast the same way again. <sighs> and I'm like, nope, that's traumatizing. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was it not planned? Did he just, like... I think it was planned. Oh, okay. But still. I don't mean it's traumatizing for the actor. Like, hopefully mm-hmm. they talked through it and did yeah. it safely. Hopefully she didn't get any grapefruit juice in her eyes. Because, yeah, that would sting. But I mean for the characters. Like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if your partner... Like, grapefruits are hard. <laughs> and he did it hard. Like, he just shoved it. Um. Okay, so this was my first time seeing this movie. Same. I... It was definitely not what I expected in a yeah. gangster movie. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Um, he, it was funny how like they again started when they were like kids and yeah. bringing that up, and you could tell that they're little rascals and mm-hmm. like you know always like trying to like hurt people or like yeah they were <laughs> always in it for the con. Kind of reminded me of Singing in the Rain where they talk yeah. about that scene where they're coming up. Only this is a little bit darker. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah, and then they, like, go to the bar, and I was mm-hmm. like, what are these kids going to the bar for? But then we, we were talking, this is, like, Great Depression. This was released during the Great Depression, which yeah. I have in here because I think it's really important to take note of that. Um, 
because people were going to the movies. And, like, the gangster movie is a very American thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Both gangster movies and westerns are very American. Um, And I I have a quote here. I found an article on a website called History News Network. Um, and this, this is what they say about the mob movie. It says, The Hollywood mobster is a historic character. He got his start in the early days of sound film because during the 1920s, thanks to endless media attention, he had already become a major figure on the American scene. So they're talking about, like, like your Al Capone, mm-hmm. your Babyface Nelson, like these John Dillinger. These are people that were, like, in the news that were household names, that right. were real mobsters, real criminals. Um Then they go on to say, most of the early real-life gangsters were immigrants who could not succeed in America because of persecution and discrimination against ethnic groups. So nowhere else to go, they turned to crime. They had to turn to crime, drugged Americans. Since all of us are way back immigrants from somewhere, we understood that. And I think remembering that it was released during the Great Depression is interesting because it is a story about these two kids that came from nothing and were heavily discriminated against because of the country that they're from. I think they're Irish. Okay. Um, and the rival gang is Italian, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, and that's why they're rivals is right. Irish and Italians. Um, so this audience is watching these scrappy kids who came from nothing get really rich. And it, like, and the, the legal ways of getting rich weren't working for anyone in America at that time. Right. So I think the audience was probably like, yeah, go for it. Mm-hmm. Get rich however you want because right. it's not working for us. At least someone's getting rich. Exactly. I don't know. They could have looked at it the opposite way and said, you jerks getting rich. But I feel like it's like audiences today. We go, you know, you always go see a movie and kind of live through the movie. Mm-hmm. That's what I expect them to be feeling. Um, and then this article also calls them uh, mobsters Robin Hoods with machine guns. Oh yeah, and that they didn't. And I was thinking, like, they didn't break the law so much as bend the law. Okay. And like, you can bring this back to the ride when, when the gangster jumps in your ride vehicle, you're you stop. So the way you stop in that room is you stop at a red light. Yeah. And then your cast member's like, "Oh, I don't really want to stop at this red light. This is dangerous." And then the whole shootout happens. Gangster jumps in your car, and then they go. The gangster says something like. Like, well, I'm not one to break the law. We're not going to run a red light. And then they shoot the light out. And they go, oh, no more red, red. light. Yeah. And it's like... <laughs> That's one of my favorite scenes. It's so funny. I always laugh. It's so good. I'm like, well, they didn't break the law. They just right. found a way around the law. Exactly. <laughs> so what were, we, what were we talking about? Um, We were just... I th- We were just talking about, about them being like kids growing up. Um, it was interesting to see James Cagney in this role after just watching him in Footlight Parade. Yeah, and I think... I'm pretty sure he was more well-known for being in musicals. Like, he was, like, Yankee Doodle Dandy and everything. And then he transitioned into these. I could have it backwards. It could be the opposite way. But, yeah, being in, like, those fun Hollywood musicals is very different than his role as, like, this mobster. Yeah. Well, it yeah, and it was, like, funny because, like... um, this is also like when the prohibition had started too. Mm-hmm. This was still during prohibition, okay. and that's they be they were bootleggers in this movie too. Mm-hmm. Big part of it, mm-hmm. and then his brother so against it, 
And you, mm-hmm. I, you know, it was just, like, so interesting because, like, yeah, like you said, it's, like, they just wanted to provide for their families and just, like, yeah. have all of these things because like, they couldn't do anything else. And he was providing for his family better than his brother, who was doing everything, like, the legal way. Right. Went, it, to, the, went to the military. The military. And, mm-hmm. and did it that way. And he was, like... It was so annoying that he like st- like he wouldn't drink the bootleg liquor, I know. and he was like standing by his honor and like this. Yeah. And it's like you know I'm all for like you know doing things the right way in honor, but look if that's not feeding me and if that's not giving me a roof over my head, it's like why should I like yeah. you know? But it does come to bite them in the ass at the end. It does. Crime doesn't pay. <laughs> you can't. With the Hayes Code, you can't let people think that it pays. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, that was, I mean, like, that was crazy, too, because, like, um, you know, even, like, leading um, up to, like, the end of the movie, you see James just, like, losing every, like, close part of, like, because he mm-hmm. loses his first love. But that was only, but that was, like, he doesn't lose them, but, like, they break up. Okay. Well, he leaves his first girlfriend for yeah. Jean Harlow, who's mm-hmm. much more his speed. Right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like, there's just, like, people dying all around him. He loses, yeah. like, most of, like, the mob. Or, his, no, his, his best friend is his shot friend. down in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, who The one that he grew up with that we had seen since they were children. Um, and then he gets taken by the rival mob yeah. and beat up really bad. Oh, no, does he get shot? And then he's in the hospital, and then he's ta- they kidnap yes. him from the hospital? exactly, yeah. Yeah, and then... Well, because he's an idiot, because he went... Because he had his... Like, when his friend had got shot, he had, you know, broke away clean. He got away. Mm-hmm. And then he wanted this, like, revenge. He just, like, wanted to, yeah. like, you know... Because that was what you do. He was like, you have mm-hmm. to show your power. You have to, like... These are your streets. And yeah. it's, like, kind of, like the, like, the ego is, like, taking over, and he's, like, this loyalty to his... Like, you know, to, like, vindicate mm-hmm. his, like, friends and stuff. And it's, like, no, just, like, this is, like, the warning sign to take a step back. Like, yeah. let's lay low for a little bit. But, no, he was, like, I'm going to get my guns. And mm-hmm. when, he, when he went to go buy that gun, he's, like, oh, like, can I load the gun? Can oh, I yeah. see if it works? And then he, like, <laughs> that was kind of smart, though. Yeah. He went to this gun shop or was it a bar or something, wherever he it, went it, to buy yeah. the gun. And the guy was, like, here it is. You can check it out. And James Cagney's, like oh, I just got to make sure, like, can I load it? I just got to make sure, you know, I can I can fit the bullets in here. And he's like, sure, go ahead. And he puts it in there, and then he's like, bang, and kills the guy. Yeah, and, he's like, there you go. And steals the gun. And it's like, <laughs> he didn't have to kill him. Did he kill him? He shot him, right? Oh, maybe he didn't. No, I think he was just like, I'm going to Maybe leave. he just, he yeah, like, he just pointed it at him. At him. He's like, I'm just going like... to leave now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, and then he, because then he goes to one, like, the Italian mob's, like, house or wherever they're hanging out, mm-hmm. and he goes in just, like, guns ablaze and trying to, like, shoot That's as many right. kids. And, and then he comes out, and it's, like, raining, and there's, yeah. like, he's, like, bleeding. And they and just throw the guns away. He throws the guns away. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I can't, every time they, I get so mad, I was like, Carolyn, why is he throwing the guns? They just, like, leave the guns at the crime scene. Mm-hmm. And then, but you, like you said, you had mentioned, like, there's, like, no fingerprints. I don't, like, yeah, that, I don't that, think they had fingerprint yet. technology back yeah. then. It's just yeah. so funny. It, it's just, like, so, it's just, like, so funny to see him, like, throwing him into, like, these buildings. Yeah. Um, or, like, wherever, like, the crime is. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, so then that's when he goes to the hospital, and then we see his mother comes, and his brother, and they're yeah. all, like, talking to him. And then they leave, and then, yeah, then the Italian mobs, like, get him. He kidnaps him, beats him up more, wraps him up, and... Something, do they tie him up or something? Yeah. 
<clears throat> and then they just leave him at his mom's <clears throat> door. They just drop him there. That was, and he falls which is so in. sad. Yeah, that was really disappointing. I felt so bad for his mom the whole time. Like she, she had to watch one son go off to war and be really well. I guess there's no war going on, but still, like, join the armed services, and then he comes back, and then this other son is in this crime, and she doesn't know that much about it, but you can tell that she's kind of worried for him. And, oh, for sure. Yeah, because yeah, like she's she's liking the money. Not, yeah. not that she's liking it, but it's like she's at a. She's not taking advantage of it, but she's. Feeding her family, it, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then her brother, and like, and then his brother always got so mad, and it made me so like, it, I, I know, was like, girl, get over it. And that's like, so funny because like, his brother is right, like mm-hmm. this is wrong, this is crime, but it's funny as an audience member that you're like, shut up, let him feed his family, let him, right. let him go shoot the guys, <laughs> it's fine. We definitely like change the rules yeah. for ourselves, mm-hmm. like you said when we go to the movies and we escape because we just like want. People to like succeed and be yeah happy. yeah we do and it's funny that um, mob movies haven't really changed all that much. Watching this one, I was like, okay, his values of like family and loyalty and his like national heritage of wherever he's from, it's still something you see going all the way up through like The Sopranos and like mm. the streets and territory wars and. All this stuff. It's like nothing has changed. It hasn't. And it's like really funny too because, I mean, I'm not saying that drugs are okay or like because stuff like this. But it's Mm -hmm. like the only reason why this line of business exists is because we have a government who, you know, we have this like religious whatever or morale, morality Mm -hmm. like thing where it's like, oh, why? I don't want... It, like, just, like, cracks me up that, like, as a society, we're like, okay, these drugs are bad. No one can sell them and no one can make money off of them. But yet, we still have people selling them because the government doesn't want to tax. I mean, I was like, if the government could, if there was, like, no morality or, like, no, like, ethics, they'd be like, yeah, go ahead and sell drugs to everyone. I was like, you could tax that money. That's, like, everything, though. Yeah. If we didn't have morals, it Mm. would be chaos. I mean, we could, it'd be like the purge. Right. But it would be constant. Yeah. (laughs) People would be, if we didn't have morals, people would be murdering each other, running red lights. Mm -hmm. I would be very unhappy. But yeah, they just like don't want to be able to tax things like that and be like, oh yeah, we sell. I mean, it's also really terrible for people. It is, but so are cigarettes. True. Like, that's a slow killer though. Yeah. So they can get more of your money. I mean, there there is like, (laughs) I know, there is an (laughs) argument now. um, What are they called? Those. They're like OD centers where like you can go and safely do these drugs. Oh yes, yes, yes. Um, the I don't know what they're called, but o- yes, opiate centers or something. Yeah, the, there was um that uh, that BuzzFeed that BuzzFeed show we'd watched. The yeah, they they did a yeah, little segment on, Netflix. on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a place like if you're addicted to heroin, you can go and shoot up safely, safely and with, not like, clean needles and mm-hmm. you do a little booth. And if and you, you the just... people who are working there are trained to deal with you if you start to OD. And how to call the cops and everything, or the ambulance and nine one one, and and it's shown to be pretty safe, and it's been helping people. And then it kind of helps them get clean in some cases too, because they're given resources to go to rehab and things like that. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, it is it is an addiction. It's it it's not a good thing for your health, for your bank account, for anything to get addicted to some of these hard drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a 
dark topic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a dark movie. It is a dark dark movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah. We don't really get much, like, I mean, like, you only get, like, celebratory, like, you know, antics and, like, everyone's, like, kind of, like, enjoying, like, the right of it. Like, when they first started, like, joining the mob, that's when Mm -hmm. you get the big paychecks and thing. I love when they go to that dinner scene Uh and, and, like, James Cagney and his friends show up at that restaurant. Yeah. And they look over and there's these two girls Mm -hmm. and they're with these two guys that couldn't hang. They're, like, asleep at the table. They were. They were, like, losers. (laughs) Yeah, and then the girls are, like, ooh, new men. So, like, and then, like, he's, like, driving down the street and that's, like, Mm -hmm. when he picks up that leather lady. But even, like, his mob friend who he grew up with there's there's two what are their names tom is james cagney and matt is the other guy what like matt's in this crime world but he is not giving into it as much as tom is right because he when they meet these two girls he stays with this girl he gets married kind of creates a nice life with her and even the people are like you're not going to be able to cut it in this mob if you get married to her like you're going to go straight and everything and james cagney Breaks up with his girl, goes with Jean Harlow, who's much more supportive of, you know, the money he's making and how he's making it. Um, Seems very attracted to the whole thing. Um, So, yeah, it's really James Cagney that it's like he goes too far into it. Mm-hmm. Almost like there's a safe way to be in the mob. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But then there's not because Matt still dies. Yeah. Which is, like, very sad. And it was interesting, too... Um, kind of like how they had set up that scene, like the Italians waited for this like coal truck to come uh-huh. to kind of cover the sound of the machine. They yeah. set up some legit machine guns. Oh yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Like where'd they get these? Like, oh my god. Those gosh. were, what do they call them? Tommy guns? Yeah. I love the look of that with mm-hmm. like the weird barrel, like, mm-hmm. like round the, the, barrel on the, the bottom. And, yeah. yeah. And they were just, yeah, they just waited for him, but, like, the sound of, like, the workers working with the coal kind of cover the sound of the bullets, Mm -hmm. so. And that was how they were able to, like, give them, because they were holed up in this house. They weren't going to leave because they knew that the other mob was going to try to get them. So they, but this coal truck kind of, it freaked them out at first, and then when they realized, oh, it's only coal, it gave them a little bit of a peace of mind, and then they could leave, and that's when they got them. Yeah, I mean, yes, it is really funny. But yeah, I mean, like, but I gotta bring in our good friend Hayes because oh, I was yeah. thinking about the Hayes Code of the course. whole time. And this is technically pre Hayes, before it was enforced. They had mm-hmm. written it, but unforced yet. So it's technically, I think, considered a pre code movie. Right. Okay. Yeah, it was it was really funny because we got this title card opening mm-hmm. up with like a little explanation. Mm-hmm. I like setting this scene. But what really got me was like at the end the of the end. movie after we see James Cagney die, like, mm-hmm. you know, he's been dropped off and he like falls and hits the ground. There was like this title card that pops up and it has this like paragraph on it talking about like you can never like it Basically was, it's like a crime doesn't pay. <laughs> yeah. It was like what yeah. happens if you like uh-huh. join the mob. It was very much like almost like after school special, kind of like here's it, what you learned. <laughs> yes, it was very it was very much that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, like you said, like, taking someone who is, like, known for musicals and, like, Mm -hmm. putting them in this light to, like, make them, like, likable. Or it's almost like, it was, like, to me, it was almost like a Captain America-esque person. Like, oh, like, you know, even, like, the greatest or someone that you really love and, Mm -hmm. like, you really admire, they can't even get away with, like, crime. That's true, yeah. Even James Cagney can't get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was real, I thought that was, like, funny. Yeah. I know that, I was thinking about the code, too, when that screen popped up, and it seemed like, like, it was directly influenced by it. 
mm-hmm. almost like Hayes was like, hey, remember like line three, paragraph two, like put it in there. Yeah, make sure, <laughs> make sure they know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's take our horse down the Old Town Road. Yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> ride till we can no more. Take the horse to the Old Town Road. <laughs> We can only do 30 seconds, otherwise yeah. we'll get into <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, so now we have continued around the bend in our mm-hmm. ride vehicle into the Western Room. Yeah! Which isn't, like, a specific Western. You have uh, John Wayne on one side and um, Clint Eastwood on the other. We talked about the searchers because that's the trailer you see in the pre-show for the ride. <laughs> also, it's one of my favorite westerns. Um, I grew up watching westerns with my dad. He's a huge western fan, and this was this is one of my favorites. I just it's so it's just so well made. Like we could talk the whole we could talk for hours about mm-hmm. the blocking, the cinematography, the music, everything. Um, but we're not going to. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a quick rundown of the movie. It was released in 1956, directed by John Ford. I don't know if Jared, if you've ever seen any John Ford movies. He's super famous. He also directed *The Quiet Man*, *How Green Was My Valley*, which is the movie that beat *Citizen Kane* for the Oscar. It's really boring. (laughs) I've seen it. It's boring. (laughs) Um, *The Grapes of Wrath* and *Stagecoach*. Have you ever heard of *Stagecoach*? I've heard of *The Grapes of Wrath*. Okay, yeah, I probably watched it in school. Um, Stagecoach was the movie that introduced John Wayne. Okay. And he actually, John Ford has 147 directing credits on IMDb. Wow. So he was very prolific. Um, he's so such a good director. Um, the cinematography was by a man named Winton C. Hoke or Hoach. Music by Max Steiner, who also did the music for Casablanca and Gone with the Wind. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's based on a novel by Alan LeMay. Okay. Okay, and I stole this from Wikipedia too. It says, in this revered Western, Ethan Edwards returns home to Texas after the Civil War. When members of his brother's family are killed or abducted by Comanches, he vows to track down his surviving relatives and bring them home. Eventually, Edwards gets word that his niece, Debbie, is alive, and along with her adopted brother, Martin Polly, he embarks on a dangerous mission to find her, journeying deep into Comanche territory. Ooh. Mm. Did you recognize... Ethan! <laughs> Did you recognize Natalie Wood as Debbie? No, I didn't. Who, who, who? She's in West Side Story. Maria. <gasps> oh! Okay, yeah. now. Okay, yes. Yeah. Now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, she's so pretty. I know. Oh, my gosh. I know. That, yeah, that is her. It is, yeah. <laughs> How do I not recognize her? I mean, she looks different. She's styled yeah. completely different. And she's younger? In West Side Story was, what, 64? Yeah. Something like that. So, yeah, she's, she's quite a bit younger. When was this? 56. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, not a crazy amount before, but yeah. Um, so, okay, what did you think? Have you ever seen a Western before? I don't... I mean, I probably have seen, like, bits and pieces, but yeah. I've never seen a Western like this. Like, yeah, this like definitely, classic. again, wasn't what I thought mm-hmm. Westerns were. Like, yeah. I was expecting more saloony. like, we didn't This go... one is a little different, um, because our main character is more of an anti-hero. He's, I mean, he's a bigot he's totally racist Mm -hmm. and not nice to anyone in the movie um which is a departure too for john wayne at the time he was used to playing like the the good guy you know the cowboys were always seen as like the good people fighting for what's right and this movie did kind of introduce like the anti-hero and all that gray area 
Um, so yeah, there's not, there aren't really any saloon shoot 'em ups, no bank robberies, Mm-mm. no trains, no trains. There's no trains. They live so far in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. That, yeah, there's nothing. There's not even a stagecoach really in it. Mm-mm. There isn't. Yeah. It's just like the houses because this is in New Mexico. I think it's in, um, it's Comanche territory, which it's Texas because Texas they call proper. themselves Texicans. That's right. She's like, we're Texicans. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So it wasn't a state at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so like it didn't, I did not get some boxes checked off, but it doesn't matter. I mean, I just like was expecting Mm -hmm. that, but I wasn't. I feel like this was also kind of like an elevated Western because it's like, like there's sometimes you just like pop movies out like mm-hmm. okay let's just do a western i feel like this yeah. was like a little more elevated had a little bit more of a story and it was like focusing on other things definitely rather than like like it's not like an action. westerns were really cheap to make in hollywood and that's one of the reasons why they made so many because they could go like burbank at the time was like a bunch of fields so they could just go there they every studio still to this day has like a western town back lot that they mm-hmm. could go to um yeah they were they were just shot cheaply and quickly and this one they shot it a lot of it on location in monument valley which in and of itself is still a trek to get there and it's gorgeous and it like that's why it looks so beautiful and Mm -hmm. yeah it wasn't i don't know the budget but i don't think this was cheaply made i think this was really thought through no yeah um speaking of the beauty the colors of this film Mm -hmm. the blues and the oranges work so well together Mm -hmm. and like the tans and like just like those um not coral, but like the reds. Yeah. It was just like really nice. Mm-hmm. It was really beautiful. And like, yeah, whenever you had like John Wayne against like the sky or like yeah. he was like brooding or like just like looking out. And, and like... you have those like silhouette shots. Like mm-hmm. he loved the, I love in this movie, there's so many shots of like a woman standing silhouetted on the prairie with like who knows what's in the distance. Mm-hmm. And it just shows like that isolation of the people who were moving west and the risks they took just against the elements to yeah. be out there alone mm-hmm. this i mean it was definitely i felt like this like there was never a peace of mind mm-hmm. like when i was like putting myself in like these characters because like yeah like these people live in a house in the literal middle of nowhere, middle of nowhere. like yeah. so scary mm-hmm. and you don't know what's coming on at night and mm-hmm. it's like when um, they start locking down the house when the Apaches come. Comanches. No, huh, the what? Comanches. Comanches. Mm-hmm. Sorry, asterisk Comanches. <laughs> um, when they come mm-hmm. and, you know, it was just very so real. The that, way like, he does that, the way they build the suspense that the the husband, father walks in and the mom and the kids are getting ready for dinner and he doesn't say anything and he just grabs his gun and then, like, looks at his wife and she knows, like, based on the look, what's happening. And he just says something like, I'm going to go see if I can pick off some quail or something like that yeah. before dinner. And she's like, okay. And then the older daughter brings the lamp over. And the mom's like, no, we don't need the lamp. <laughs> yes, <laughs> We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. We're just going to enjoy the sunset. And she's like, okay. And then she starts to, like, slowly board up the windows. And it's just like, and I love, like, we've talked so many times on this podcast about not being spoon-fed information. Yes. All the time. This movie, it's one of those, it doesn't, it never explicitly says anything about the plot. Like, you don't even, it doesn't even tell you, like, so, okay, so what happens is, yeah, they're boarding up the house, and then we don't see the attack, but 
this group of Comanches attacks them, um, kills all of them but the two older, or the, the two daughters. Mm-hmm. Um, kills the parents and the son. And the reason that... And the dog. And the dog, yeah. <sighs> Fuckers. <laughs> um, the reason that John Wayne and the other character, Martin, aren't there is because they were like led away by... Mm-hmm. Um, another attack that this tribe had done. And like I say this, I don't know how true to life this is. Um, there was a story of, there was a, a girl who was um, abducted by a Native American tribe. She was returned, but mm-hmm. like in real life, it that happened. Yeah. Um, we don't know how motivated it was, like because again, it's just these accounts of these people in the middle of nowhere and they've if they wrote anything down, it's only from their perspective. Right. You don't have <laughs> so, the other Yeah, I don't know how true any of this is. But um, they were they were away from the cabin, and that's how this family was attacked. And the two daughters are taken by yeah. this tribe. Where was I going with this? Uh, boarding up, not being spoon-fed. Oh, yeah. So we, we aren't even told that they have been abducted. No one actually says the words. I think we're told by, let me see. Oh, we're told by them saying, like, how many bodies there are. Yeah. And things like that. And then, oh, they have a funeral. And there's mm-hmm. only, like, four graves. Yeah. When there's, like, six family members. And and then that's that's how we're told that two of them are alive. Yeah. Still. And there's little things like that that you're, you're never spoon-fed anything. Mm-mm. And then they go on this journey to find these girls with a group of them. And they don't even explicitly tell you that. They just kind of go. And because of everything you're given on screen, you know what they're doing. But it's not even until halfway through the journey where they're like, we are, we are trying to find Debbie. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And it breaks my heart, the scene when he goes, when Ethan goes through the canyon and tells the two guys to go around. There's a, a point where they think... They see something that There's leads like them. Some footprints that yeah, footprints. Like the horse tracks. Yeah, and they're like, "Why did they go in the canyon?" And John Wayne, who's more experienced than any of these guys, is like, "I'm gonna go through the canyon. You guys are gonna go around because mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm gonna find." Right. And he doesn't tell you, but you know he's seen something. He comes out of there and he's shocked and horrified, and he doesn't he doesn't say until later on when. Um, one of the girls, the older girls, kind of bow. Yeah. Um, thinks he sees her, and John Wayne's like, "No, <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> you, did. <laughs> you saw someone wearing her dress." And he's like, "No, it's her. It's her." And he's like, "No, I found her in the canyon." And that's like, when you find out. And he's like, and then he says this great line where he says something like, "Don't ever ask me, like, don't ever ask me what I saw, what happened." And it's just like it makes you think. It's so your mind is like making it so much worse than I'm sure it probably is. But your imagination just runs with it. Yeah, it does. I mean, yeah, and it's just, like, so... I mean, like, and he obviously has his reasons, too, because then, like, her bow goes crazy. I know. Oh, I hate when he does that. And he just, like, runs into the camp. And then you just hear guns. And you can tell by the look on John Wayne's face, he's like, let's go, he's dead. Mm -hmm. We're not waiting. We're not waiting. We have no... Yeah, we have to leave now, otherwise they're going to come find us. Yeah. Yeah. Um... The one thing I also really liked, this was, like, a... It was so realistic how, like, l- the period of time this was. And, like, 
That's the, true. That's another thing that's not spoon-fed to you. This is over how many years? I would say, you're like, given... is it, not ten, but, like, I mean, it's at least five. It's at least five, because they say something about five years have passed um, in a line. It's not, like, a title card or anything. <laughs> like, really, they don't tell you anything. It's, like, one time it's snowing, and you're like, oh, okay, a year has gone by. There's one scene where they get this family gets a letter from them, and they're like, oh, my gosh, it's been two years since we've gotten a letter. And you're like, wow, okay, it's been two years. I actually <laughs> really liked that section of the movie mm-hmm. when um, the adopted son, what's his name? Yeah, Martin. Martin. Martin has, like, this phobo, like, like they were about to get together, oh, but mm-hmm. then they left to go on this journey. But yeah. she's, like, reading the letter. Mm-hmm. And oh, that was also so cute. Like, they are like, read the letter! Oh, and I they, know. like, all sat around like they were watching. There's no <laughs> other entertainment. So it's like, our teenage daughter got a letter, and we're going to make her read it to the whole family. What does your boyfriend have to say to you, honey? <laughs> Could you guys imagine if you got yeah. a text and your parents are like, let's sit down let's and read, read the text. <laughs> like, let's read the text conversation. She was not having it, I could tell. But no. But it was, we were like, oh, she's the only one that can read, but like, no, her mother was a teacher. Her mom, her mom could read. Her dad yeah. couldn't. Could kind of. I think he yeah. could kind of read. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's something that you don't even think about either. It's like, if you weren't taught how to read, you don't know how to read. Yeah, plain and simple. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she's like reading the letter and it's kind of of them going back in time because, and this was like so funny too, was that like, he had wrote this letter, but it didn't get to her. It didn't get to her until a, you said a well, year. Well, they, or... they said when they got the letter, her dad said something like two letters in one year or something. So like that, it kind of helps with the passage of time. Um, Cause also in the letter, he writes about like oh, one or two seasons. Like mm-hmm. when you see the montage of what he's describing in the letter, there's like a couple seasons go by. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, that just makes the two letters in one year makes me think like, okay, it's been at least a year. Yeah, it was cool to see um, that the two timelines going on at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. It was like a fun way to tell the story. Yeah, yeah, I know it, it is. Yeah, a good way to like kind of like break it up too, because like mm-hmm. this is like a long movie. It was a very. Long it's a very movie. long movie. Yeah, um, it's a long journey that they go on. It's interesting because I feel like most movies would have told this story like within the course of a year, mm-hmm. you know? It would have just yeah. been like, we're going to go find her. And it, and if it wasn't a Western, it wouldn't really make sense for it to take this much time. But since it is a Western, and since these tribes are nomadic and moving around, it really is, they're all over the map. And yeah. like, in the middle of America, nothing's going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's Your closest neighbor is two miles away from you, which... On foot takes you how long to get there? You know, like, you can't even see your neighbor. Mm-mm. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then they all had their, um, we had some good battle scenes, mm-hmm. I feel like, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, of course, I loved, like, the wedding scene yeah. at the end. Oh, my gosh. When they, they, well, we didn't even talk about the first time that they found Debbie. The first time? Yes. Oh, when she's in the, like, she's sitting there with yeah. all the women and they and go she was, like, reluctant to go? I was, like, kind of confused. I was, like, why? She, yeah, I mean, her motivation's a little, I think her motivation's a little rushed. But the first time they see her, they, they kind of find out who took her, what group or tribe she's with, and then they go there under the guise that they're there to trade, mm-hmm. just so they can scope it out. 
Um, and they see her, but they don't say anything. And then they leave, John Wayne and Martin, they leave. And she goes after them, basically to tell them to leave. And I, it's part of it is like she has made a life, a new life with these people and assimilated into their culture. And she is happy there, it yeah. seems. Um, but she does switch right away yeah. <laughs> to wanting to go with them. That's what's strange to me. I think it, it is more interesting that she wants to stay. It does make sense because she was taken at like probably six years old, six or seven. Mm-hmm. And she's probably, it, she looks like she's 15, 16 now. So, yeah. Yeah, long period. Yeah, she's had a whole life there with them. I wonder if she had any like kids. I think we would have seen if she had kids. They kept saying in the movie that they they had to get her before she was like marrying age, you know. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's you can't watch a western and ignore the fact that it's made by a bunch of white men that glorify. That's kind of like watching Gone with the Wind. It's like. Like, they talk about the racism, and, like, if you were to ask them point blank, they would have said, slavery is wrong. But yet, they glorify it so much that it's, Mm -hmm. like, they're not quite there. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. and it's, I mean, that's every Western. You you have to watch it and remember when it was made and the feelings of the people then, and then... And like I said earlier, these stories that came out of the American West were only written down by white people. They were a lot of legends. I mean, we have so much like folklore and stuff from then. It's really hard to figure out what is real. Yeah. What's true. Oops. <laughs> um, but this also like kind of like the public enemy. Uh we talked about it a little bit already, but it is a uniquely American story. No other no other country has a Wild West like we do because right. it started... I mean, it's this... First of all, the United States is enormous. <laughs> <laughs> like, going from one end of our country to the other end is some country... Like, you could fly over 10 other countries in the time it would take for you to go from the west coast yes. to the east coast or vice versa. I have and you yeah. have, you have you? You have gone what? Over country. Over country. Yeah, over yeah. Country. I no. mean like the, the plane Once you go to Europe, yeah, you're like Yeah, you're Europe's like, all like right there. I'm always amazed when I hear people from Europe where they'll say like like people from England are like, Oh, I'm just gonna like pop on over to France and I'm like, What do you pop on over to <laughs> <Yeah>. France? <laughs> like, or like they're they live in France and they're like, We're gonna go to Italy for the day and I'm like, What? What? <laughs> I can't even go to another state in a day. Right. You're like, <laughs> let alone, yeah, let alone. I can't even drive the entire, like, California in a day if I go, like, up it. <laughs> so that sets us apart is, like, it's just huge. And at this time, there was nothing out there. And these people just went out there. There's no law. There's no, like, order. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think... It's just, we don't, like, we don't have a lot that's, like, uniquely American because we are a country of immigrants. So everything from, like, as American as apple pie, like, that's not very American. And, like, I mean, we have cheeseburgers, I guess, hot dogs. But even hot dogs are, like, probably inspired by bratwurst from, you know, like, everything we have that's, like, American is not really American. It was brought over here from another country. But, like, the West is America. Yes, it is. Yeah. For better or worse. (laughs) (laughs) Not saying it's a good thing, but it is 
Unique. to the people who couldn't make it on the east and they're like, yeah. we just need something else. Like mm-hmm. this isn't working. Pushes them out there. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any like westerns about like manifest destiny? Stuff like that that you know of? Um, there's that one with Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Oh. What's it called? Fly away home. No, not fly away home. What is it called? There's a scene where they do I have to see, hang on. Far and away. Oh, far. far and away. I see you were close. Yeah. Um, I think that movie has a scene where, what do they call it? Like the Oklahoma land grab or something like that? Where basically it was just a bunch of people. They wanted people to move into the Oklahoma territory. Mm-hmm. And I could be making all of this up. But so they were like, well, if you show up, you can just go claim land. And that happened a lot. Like, they wanted people to move west, so they were like, we're just going to give you land. Right. And um, the best way. And Yeah, and that's, and that's how people started, like, their homesteads. But, yeah, there's a scene in, in that movie that shows it really well. Like, they show up, and they go on their horse, and they, like, charge to get their land. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. There's, a, like, Stagecoach is all about um, this group of travelers traveling in a stagecoach together it's like this group of strangers yeah. that's going across the west in a stagecoach so that's a little bit like they're okay. all moving west yeah, yeah. Cool. i'm sure there is one specifically about yeah that but do you, you just mean like about yeah. manifest destiny like people moving or west? just yeah or just like i'm um, just i was just thinking of reasons why people were moving west oh yeah i don't know i don't like i don't know what would possess a person to like go in the wilderness with your family (laughs) (laughs) come on honey let's load up the kids i can't even do it in our covered wagon (laughs) i know and like you i mean i think it's it's like american optimism to at the risk of sounding like super patriotic and like you know it's just this optimism that made people think i mean probably the same reason why people risk their lives to like cross the border and things like that you you hope that at the other side of this journey is something better than what you had yeah we didn't even talk about so like when you get stuck in this room like if you're oh, in the yeah, car yeah. that gets stuck in this room mm-hmm. you get like a little fun shootout mm-hmm. someone's robbing the bank oh yeah and um you know shooting bang bang gun mm-hmm. and then like yeah like the barn just, and for like, yeah somehow somehow this, this barn just like, like gets encompassed in flames yeah and you're pretty close like you are you're not more than like <laughs> if you're in the front row of this like car you're like 15 feet away from this like giant wall of fire and you're just like okay yeah I'm not gonna <laughs> In an enclosed room, too. Yeah. That's what's really scary is, like, you're in a building. Yeah. And then, because, so then, so yeah, then once that's done, you, um, both of the cards move on. But, like, if you got stuck in the gangster room and you're going to the western room, you're like, what's that smell? Like, yeah. <laughs> is it gasoline? <laughs> like, what's going on? And then you go, you do go into the alien, into the Nostromo next. Which I, it's my favorite transition going from the Wild West to space. Because they're, again, essentially, like, almost, like, the same, like, going to this, like, yeah. place of, like, what's on the other side. The next Ooh, frontier. The, what do they call it in Star yeah. Trek? The final frontier. The final frontier, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, Ooh. exploration. Yes. So, if you want to hear about Alien, you'd have to listen to an earlier episode, because we already did that yeah, one. Yeah, took a couple steps back. Yep.
please. Well, this was an interesting episode. (laughs) It was. um, Yeah, it's really cool to kind of see our culture create these genres Mm -hmm. um, in the film and art art, art world of the film. I wonder if there's, like, other, like, cultures, like, what specific, like, genres that they have created. Yeah, like, what is another country's Western? Mm Mm-hmm. Or if there's, like, a subset genre, maybe, like... I know I've heard that France loves the Wild West and is, like, fascinated by it. They do. Yeah, I heard it. I was watching a video on Phantom Manor, (laughs) and that's what they were talking about because their um, their version in Disneyland Paris, their version of the Haunted Mansion, you don't end up in a graveyard because, I guess, in France, they're, like, cool with those. Yeah, well, the catacombs. <laughs> the catacombs, come. and they're kind of everywhere. They're like, dead bodies? We don't care. So you end up in, like, this underground, haunted, wild west. And that's their their um, area that their haunted mansion is in, is in their kind of, like, frontier land area. Yeah. So, I don't know. This video is saying that they love it. They do. I think it's, like, I think it's, like, so well contrasts how, like, um, I don't want to say uptight culture but like they have such a They're, like this it's very refined refined and sophistication yeah, and there's like you like con- like control and like there's laws and it's like what's the total opposite, opposite. yeah of that and it's the wild west, the wild west. i think they also kind of like laugh too because they're like yeah. oh, these dirty americans <laughs> shooting up looking for this gold <laughs> like <laughs> when really like a bunch of people in the wild west were french yeah. <laughs> like, there were a bunch of French immigrants, there were a bunch of Irish immigrants, like, all these people were from different countries. Yeah. <laughs> and you see that in the searchers a little bit. Mr. Uh, Jorgensen has a very heavy accent. He doesn't mm-hmm. have, like, an American accent. Yeah. Like, he's a newer immigrant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what other countries would have as their, as their mobs or westerns. Mm-hmm. I guess just crime? Yeah, I'll have to dig in. If you're from another country and you're listening, I would love to hear... If you, if your country's film industry has a version of either of these, yes, please let us know. Yeah. Alrighty. Well. Okay. okay so a little teaser. Next mm-hmm. episode, we venture. Looks like we said it's Alien. We've already done that. Mm-hmm. Gotta go back. But then after that, it is the Mummy. The Mummy from 1932. Not the Brendan Fraser one, but we will be discussing because we can't help it. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and Raiders of the Lost Ark. All right. So make sure you guys tune in mm-hmm. um, for that episode. Ion. Make sure you guys are following us on all social media. Mm-hmm. For Instagram, we are we watch um, underscore. No, we watch things. Instagram? Like, what's our Instagram? How am I forgetting the Instagram? That never know. happens. It is um, we watch things pod. Mm-hmm. And then the Twitter is watch, watch underscore pod. Underscore pod. Yes. Um, if you guys are listening on Spotify, thank you so much. Yeah. Or if you're listening on um, Apple, no, Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts or iTunes or whatever. Yeah, please go ahead, rate and review for us mm-hmm. to, you know, share with your friends. Tell them about this amazing series we're doing. Give Our- us like recommendations comments like things we can do better we're still very new to the podcast game i mean this is our 17th episode and we didn't do any practice episodes we just kind of went and are figuring it out as we go um but if you have any suggestions i'd love to hear them let's know all righty until next time Bye. bye